view where we solve problems with that. So let you guys know in terms of apologetics series itself, what we've gone over is I, I think the first unit, we laid out the biblical foundation like we have to do this. Um, we need to also be biblical in how we do this and also what is a worldview and um, and presuppositions and remember all those things that we had. Those foundation was eventually to critique worldviews because um, I know most apologetics um, in the evangelical world, I think if you go on Sermon Audio, I think most apologetics um, Christians, it's right away to talk about evidence or, or very soon. Um, for me, I actually think it's very important to talk about presuppositions or worldview because every evidence is always judged and adjudicated by one's worldview and interpreted by one's worldview. So I think it's important, um, just like any good lawyer, they would never present evidence until they first talk about philosophy of evidence, right? In the same way, I think as Christians, we need to be wise. Um, so we've looked at atheism, and I think the last three session besides the Q&A, we refuted the problems with that, with the three-prong of a worldview of um, epistemology, metaphysics, and also its ethics. Um, so today we're going to be looking at Islam because sometimes when we do these things, people would ask the question is, okay, that's great, you destroyed Islam, but what about other worldviews? Um, Christianity would say God made everything, but what if there's another worldview that comes along and said, okay, well, it's not atheism, and it, all those arguments are great to refute atheism, but what about what we do when there's another theistic belief? By theistic, we mean another um, um, a religion that believes there is a God and says everything's made by God. What do we do? And also, I think even from last week's Q and A, you'll notice that some of the questions, when it comes to objections, um, it becomes more of the question of like, okay, it's almost like a competitor of Christianity, so to speak, and it's trying to say, hey, those things could account for logic, morality, that kind of stuff. But what do we do when I think if you ask me in terms of a major world religion? Um, besides Judaism, in Judaism, the way I would respond is often use the, the scripture itself, the Old Testament, to show the biblical gospel. But what about something that's perhaps the closest looking thing of Christianity and what they often call, quote unquote, the Abrahamic faith? I think is, is Islam. And I actually want to talk about witnessing to Muslim also as well. Um, I know a lot of times apologetics um, deals a lot with atheism. You read a lot of presuppositional literature, but I actually think one thing we must always keep in mind is it seems the default position attacking Christianity in our Western Hemisphere, in the West, in the U.S., in Europe, is often something that's secular or atheistic. But also, I think we must not forget that in terms of the worldwide percentage, very few people are actually committed atheists. Um, and yet, I think we need to deal with it because our... Um, our social and cultural elites are often very atheistic and secular. Um, but also, I think I want to deal with Islam because Islam is a pretty big group. Um, it's big in Asia. It, but By the way, you guys know which country has the most Muslims in the world? Most people think it's somewhere in the Middle East, a country in the Middle East. But it's actually... It's, it's Indonesia. Yeah, it's in Indonesia. Okay. Um, don't quote me. I think uh, Indonesia might actually have um, a population... Um, greater than the U.S. We're about, what, two, 270 million or so. Um, there's a lot of islands in Indonesia, and there's a lot of people. Um, and part of that is also even in in Singapore, which one of you guys are, are from, or, or are not from, but you guys are uh, living at this moment there, right? So I think we need to talk about Islam. It, it's not just on the Middle East, and, and even the population increase of those who are Islamic faith, both in Europe, Western Europe and in the U.S. has also increased with all the wars, 
the war on terrors that we've engaged in, and of course, Afghanistan, even before then, um, just even for LA context, um, or Southern California, um, you guys know where in Southern California, we or in California, they have the most amount of uh, Muslim population, is actually in San Diego. Um, since the time of ISIS, um, California took in a lot of refugees. I actually think it's political. They decided to put in very, uh, um, very uh, Republican zone to change the vote. But that's another story, another time. But anyways, going back on, we see the session here. Um, we're going to look at is um, dealing with Islam, specifically with the Quran and the Bible. Okay, so if you guys could go to, if we could go to the next slide. Okay, so with this slide, um, again, the purpose will give a guide of how do we deal, defend the faith with Muslims, okay? Um, there's some that would deal with, for instance, okay, well, let's look at what the Islam says about their view of God and contrast that. There'll be some that talk about all these things, what, what their view of women is. Um, it's not a biblical view and it's perhaps um, um, not so nice view of, of women if you go the more um, fundamental of their beliefs um, but I think the way I would deal with it is to be try to be as biblical as possible let's go to the next slide um, we're gonna see four points for tonight's session okay four points uh, we're gonna see um, first I want to look at some important terms um, and individuals okay some important terms and uh, individuals um, uh, that's to set the foundation number two is I want to talk about an evangelistic and apologetics method Especially something faithful to the method we've been talking about of looking at presuppositions and still being committed to the Bible as our ultimate authority. Like, what does that look like? Okay, um, with the method. After the discussion of method um, and even what I do practically, tactically, uh, then I want to look at point three is verses from the Quran affirming the Bible. Because um, my tactic or the strategy I pursue is would say, what does the Quran says about the Bible? What is the Bibliology of the Bible That is the doctrine of the Bible according to Quran um, And then go from there Saying okay if it affirms the Bible Then you must always hold to it And then therefore the problem is with Islam Whenever the Bible uh, contradicts the Quran Okay And then uh, point number four is I also want to look at alleged, alleged verses from the Quran Denying the authority and perseverance Of the written Bible um, I think what Muslims say About the Bible uh, Muslim would say the Bible has been corrupted, um, has been changed, and is not, you know, uh, it's been uh, twisted in terms of the, what it actually writes. While Muslim apologists and Muslims say that, I actually think that's not what the Quran actually teaches. Um, nor does it teach, I think, for the first 200 years of Islamic history, from 600 to 800, when you look at the writing of various imams, when you look at what they call the hadiths, um, Abigail, I think Mama's calling for you. Okay. So, um, in light of that, I, I want to look at alleged verses that they mention um, with that. Okay. So, um, those are going to be our four points. Um, any, uh, hopefully, that you guys were able to write that down. So, let's go to the next slide. We're going to look first at important terms and individuals. Again, I'm not going to go through the whole thing of Islam history and everything just because I don't have time. Um, we start out a little later. Um, but, but these are just the basic term. Um, they're originally in Arabic, okay, with the exception of the last point of what is the people of the book. Uh, Allah, um, by the way, if you are, for those that are in the Indonesian Singapore corridor, um, you sometimes hear people in Indo um, would call God Allah. Even um, Christians would call 
uh, God a lot. But in Arabic, um, this is the term for, for God, okay? Um, but sometimes we're talking with Christians where they're referring specifically to the God of of uh, the Quran, the God where Muhammad is claimed to be his prophet, okay? So we're going to narrow that down to use the word Allah specifically to refer to the Islamic God, okay? Um, Quran. There's more than one way of spelling this. Um, some of you guys... Um, Older were probably spelled as K-O-R-A-N. Uh, seems like uh, uh, more recent scholarship people have been using the word Q-U-R-A-N uh, as a way to spell. Okay, um, Arabic is a very guttural language. Um, back in the day when I was younger, um, I did take community college classes. And I was trying to get paid more with the Marines. Because there was a time where um, they needed guys who were speaking Arabic. But you know what? I mean, I lost all my... Ability to speak Arabic except for a few words, okay? But Quran is their Islamic scripture and is believed by Muslims to contain the word of God, okay? I didn't put this down, but you could add another word here is the word hadith. Hadith. Um, H A D I T H. And that's actually, um, I think the best way to think of Islam is don't picture it as like Protestant Christianity where you have scripture and then solo scripture, like, like. God's word is the only authority. Um, uh, they also have something called the hadiths, which are actually written down traditions that is actually very important to interpret to Quran. So I think the best way to picture it is almost like how, you know, in a Roman Catholic source of authority, it's mediated through traditions, is mediated through um, what do um, certain scholars in the past said. So that's very important to, to realize um, there's the Quran and also the hadiths. Okay, let's go on. The next word is surah. Sir, that's Arabic for chapters. Um, it, it, it's a Arabic for chapters in general. But usually in a context when we say, what does the surah say? We're talking about things like, what does the Quran says, okay? Some variant is spelled in English when it becomes um, phoneticized into American English. is either S-U-R-A or ends with a H Because it's a guttural language where the, the uh, or um, I, I think I prefer having it with a H ending. Okay, Muhammad um, is the founder of Islam. It was around 600 uh, AD. It's the last major prophet according to this teaching. They believe that um, God has sent previous prophets before, which they think Jesus is one of them. They think Abraham, uh, Moses, etc. But they believe the last one is Muhammad. In fact, that's one of their important fundamentals of their faith. They were confessing that um, there is only one God, and that's Allah. And the second thing they would say, um, and his prophet is Muhammad, peace be upon him, or something to that they think you'll probably hear them say or chant and stuff like that, okay? I um, just want to mention this one. This um, His name is Abdul Yusuf Ali. Usually when you hear this, is often mentioned just shortly as Yusuf Ali. Um, this is a translator of the Quran. And this is actually the most popularly used um, translation of the Quran today in English, okay? Um, so if you, most of the time you see someone carry an English translation, it's very likely Yusuf Ali's translation. It is an older translation, but it's for whatever reason, it's like the, the NIV translation. Um, there's other ones that they try to have, like the King Fa'ads with the Saudis, but still um, the most popular English translation, Yusuf Ali's, okay? We'll be quoting specifically from Yusuf Ali's translation. And then there's also People of the Book. Um, these are what they mean by the term is Jews and Christians, okay? Because we claim to follow um, the Katibs, what the Arabic is called Katib, which is um, the books, okay? Um, 
with that. So any question in terms of terms, first and foremost? Okay, screenshot that if I'm speaking, you know, and you're wondering why is Jimmy talking about serves, that kind of stuff, okay? Uh, I'm going to go on now for the next slide just because of time. So we go to point number two. We want to talk about evangelistic and um, apologetics method, okay? So for, um, oh, this is an old one. See, this is where I have all these gaffes I need to fix later. Uh, next slide. Um, okay, so I want to go with four important principle. We've already talked about a biblical methodology of apologetics is we must always hold the Bible as the word of God. So even when we deal with Islam, we got to do that, okay? Principle number two is I actually think um, objectively speaking, when you look at what Islam and the, uh, the Bible teaches, they actually contradict, um, not in minor details, but in the fundamentals. For instance, um, towards the end of the Quran in Surah 112, I think there's 114, uh, chapters, 114 surahs. Um, second uh, or, or third to last one, there's a denial of the Trinity. Okay, um, and we would say the Trinity is what biblical, right? Um, and another uh, a, a disagreement is actually they don't think um, Jesus actually did die on the cross. Okay, they don't think he actually did die on the cross. Um, they think uh, Jesus. Um, did not die and that right before he did there was a substitute there was somebody else that was wicked and that kind of thing okay that took the place there's also the third principle to keep in mind um and by the way these four principles is going to shape our methodology okay um if you talk to most muslims today they would say that the written bible has been corrupted uh, and changed whether by deletion or addition of things that was not supposed to be in the original okay that's a very specific textual critical claim and I hope when we do our apologetic series um, in a few weeks down the world I also want to deal with textual criticism okay there's also a fourth principle and it is the Quran does not teach um, the written Bible has been corrupted I actually think the Quran does not teach the Bible has been corrupted or changed but rather it teaches that the Bible remains authoritative okay um, but when I say this I don't mean that the Quran actually teach that uh, when I say this I'm not saying um, there's verses where the Quran says that men have twisted the reading and interpretation of the, of the Bible. I actually think that's um, the Quran claims that. But I'm talking about the actual written text. Does that make sense? Um, it's not been changed. So uh, the Quran and would say, yeah, Christians and Jews are wrong in the interpretation of some doctrines. But they would not say the text itself would be changed. Um, so that's very important because then um, I think it will shape our strategy is we keep on... Harping the Bible's authority, and then whenever you disagree, then you show, yeah, the Bible really does say this and teach that, okay? So some Muslims, actually, um, you could raise the word some, and I would say most Muslims that I've talked to evangelistically are very surprised when I say, no, the Quran teaches that the Bible has not been corrupted. And they're like, no, no, it does, okay? And I'll say, no, no, it doesn't. And then that's where we say, hey, open up your surah, um, open up the Quran, and let's talk about that okay so these are the four principles that's going to shape our methodology so this is the tactic in light of these four truths this is the tactic that i'm going to go in light of the reality of the nature of the quran what muslim claims what my commitment i have to always hold to the bible next slide these are the strategy i would pursue so my main goal is usually with a muslim i don't go into apologetics right away i just continue to share the gospel from god's word okay some of you guys um uh, have been with us from campus evangelism um, back when we were uh, you know I'm a UCLA graduate 
Um, but back in the day, our church felt like we needed to reach the heathens to our rival school, USC. And there's a lot of Muslims at USC um, there. And we, we would go witness, and I would just share the gospel. So my goal is why? Because it's God's word that actually changes people's heart from unbelief to belief. Okay, Just like anyone else, I openly, even with atheists, talk about the Bible. You know, um, I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not going to hide it. Okay, so I'm going to share about God as creator, man as sinner, Jesus as savior, um, using all the things, way the master, the bridge, Romans wrote all of that, okay? So when you're sharing, eventually you're going to realize, of course, they're going to disagree. So if you look at the PowerPoint, when a Muslim objects at any point in the presentation that a doctrine goes contrary to the Quran, ask them, where does the Quran teach that? So what I often do is, while I'm sharing, you know what, um, Jesus Christ died for our sin. Then they say, no, 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 he doesn't. Um, and the thing I would do next is say, okay, um, why do you say that? Is that because your Quran says Jesus did not die on the cross? And then they say, yes. And say, where? So I want to ask this because the reason why I ask this is my strategy is to challenge a Muslim to examine their own beliefs and their own authority of the Quran. Okay? And also to see whether or not certain beliefs do hold water that is actually anchored and based upon the Quran. Okay? And I would actually say, if you do witness it, feel free to use the index of the Quran, okay? Um, I'll be very honest. Um, in my reading the Quran, I feel it was very hard uh, for me to read because it seems like there's a lot of praises. There's not even a lot of historical thing. Like, even the story of how Muhammad became a follower and got the scripture, it was not written in the Quran itself. It's actually written in the Hadiths. So the Quran, to me, seems to be a lot more praises. So I think that's okay to use uh, an index, okay? And just say, hey, I don't know the scripture of yours. Um, or sometimes you can say, okay, you might know better. Feel free to show me where does the Quran show that. Then when they do show from the Bible where, um, and actually when they do that, then I'll say, oh, wait, um, no, no. Yeah, you might quote, sir, uh, 4, 157, that Jesus did not die. Then I'll say, no, I have to hold my Bible as the authority. And I'm going to show you where the Bible teaches that Jesus died. So in other words, point three, show from the Bible where you, as a Christian, get your belief. Why do we do this? Is because I want to expose them the Word of God because the Word of God goes back and doesn't go void. And actually, it's the Word of God that produces true faith. Okay? Hopefully, you know your Bible well enough that you could prove um, where the doctrine is teaching Scripture. But I want to say this, just because we do this, does not mean we just have a standoff where that person say, oh, okay, that's just my Scripture, and no, my Scripture, and that's it. Let's go to the next slide. These next four points then when we see there's very clear um, clash of authority, different uh, norms and even different scripture, this is where the apologetics happen. So when the Muslim object, when I say, hey, look at the Bible verse, look at Luke, Jesus did die, then you know they're going to object and they'll say things, hey, no, we can't trust that because the Bible has been corrupted, been changed. And this is the next thing I would go next to say, interesting, where does the Quran teach us? The Bible has been corrupted. Now, why? Why do I ask this? Is I want to put the burden of proof on them to make the claim, to show from their scripture that this is actually a belief that is actually based upon their scripture. Because they have to be faithful to their scripture. But I'm just trying to say, hey, um, and you'd be surprised how many Muslims says their scripture, our, the Quran teaches that, okay? And I want to also be as gracious as possible. And I would also, a lot of times, when I ask them for that, they would also don't know a verse. And if they look up an index of the Quran, I feel, okay, I let them do that. So it allows me to also use the Quran, my use of Ali's translation, to look things up. 
also as well. Okay. Also, I do this just in case we talk about all these things. If I don't know a Bible passage right away, right? Because we all could grow in various things. Um, so that way I could also use the index. Okay. Um, then what I do next is when they show a verse, a, a, a verse from the Quran. What I do next is actually I would say um, I would show that the Quran, the verse itself, actually does not teach the Bible is corrupted. And I'll do this of two ways. I'll either show that the writing does not teach the writing has been corrupted, and I'll also present Quran verses where uh, teaches that the the Quran presupposes the authority and the perseverance um, of the Bible as the Word of God with its Word. Okay, so then when I do these two things, I'm I'm refuting the example they give, and I'm also pressing them to challenge that hey, the Quran shows this. You got to listen to the to the Bible. That's why hey, you got to listen to what the Bible says. Jesus did die and we are saved by grace and and you need to repent and the Trinity is true, etc. Okay? Then I'll press the antithesis, like I'll challenge them where, where teachers and just saying, hey, if there's inconsistency in light of what your Quran says, you got to go by the Bible. But even then, your worldview by its own scripture, when it says to follow the Bible, and yet also the Bible contradicted, that means the problem is not with my Bible. The problem is your belief system. In other words, I'm doing an internal critique and showing that their authority is problematic. Okay? So, um, if I could give this analogy, if someone says she's finishing custom knitting an outfit for your baby in one week, and it turns out what she gave you was too small for the child, the problem is not with the baby, right? You wouldn't throw out the baby, but you would say, hey, the problem is with what? Um, with the baby clothes that's trying to fit in something that previously existed. So I think that's something, I don't know, maybe that's a rough analogy when I'm trying to communicate. Um, and again, after they do this, I'll continue to share the gospel. Does that make sense, my strategy? What I'm trying to say? Let me stop at this point. Does it make sense what I'm trying to do? Any questions or comments? Let me review again. I'll share the gospel first. I'm not going to, you know, obviously just argue just to argue I'll share the gospel when they object I'll say hey where does your Quran teaches that then afterwards I'll say oh that the Bible contradicts that I'll show a Bible verse then they'll say oh the Bible has been changed or corrupted then I will say okay where does the Quran teaches the Bible has been changed and then I'm going to show the Quran does not teach that by showing the verse does not actually establish the Bible's writing been changed and then positively giving Verses in the Quran, surahs, where say, hey, you go to the people of the book, they have the truth, listen to them, that kind of thing, okay? And then after that, I'll say, hey, look, the problem is your worldview, just give it all up and come to trust in the Bible and trust in God, okay? And continue to share the gospel. That's the gist. Um, let's go on now, next. I just want to show... I do have, sorry, Jim, I do have a question regarding the Quran. Uh-huh, yes, Fernando. Uh, so I know you're using it uh, as... Are you using the Quran when you're when you're kind of like pointing them to like to view their own worldview and view their own uh, you know their own uh, divine revelation? Yeah. Are you using the Quran as a historical text at that point? Uh, as an historical text, is that the last part you said? Yes. Yeah. Um. So this is my view. Is I actually do not use it as historical stance. This is not. Anything in the Quran is, you know, is not my view uh, at all. So I'm doing an internal critique. I'm stepping inside their worldview and showing, hey, 
you guys blow yourself up. You say the Bible is true, but then the Bible contradicts. And you say that the Bible points to what we say is true, but then the Bible contradicts. So you guys are just setting yourselves on fire with your belief, proverbial, you know, um, speaking, like symbolically okay. speaking, obviously, okay. right? So it, what that is like a Proverbs, that, that verse where like, yeah. uh, answer not, a fool. Like, show, yeah. show the fool, yeah. Yeah, show a fool lest he think he's wise, right? Yeah. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm doing. The typical precept way, like how I step into atheism and say, hey, you guys don't even have a foundation to critique me because your authority is so messed up, right? Your subjectivist. I'm doing the same thing here. It's like, hey, you don't have no foundation to even critique the Bible because your belief is um, is schizo-intellectually bipolar. You're saying one hand, hold to the Bible what your scripture says and then you're on the other hand you're rejecting the Bible it's been changed you don't even have the foundation and, and moreover it contradicts what it's saying so it's done as an internal critique is what I'm trying to do okay. okay thank you that's a good question Um, let's go on now so in order to do this um, I want to look at the point number three is there's verses in the Quran that affirms authority and perseverance of the written Bible okay uh, I'm going to be quoting from some surahs here okay oh man Maybe this is kind of hard to see. Um, so the Quran does teach the Bible is the word of God that does not disappear. Okay, This is actually from Surah 29. That is chapter 29, verse 46. By the way, when you read the Quran, most Qurans are not arranged. Or originally it was not arranged in numerical order. You know how when you read the Bible? For instance, if you go to John 1. what What's the chapter after John 1, guys? John number what? Chapter number... Two. The Quran actually is not arranged that way. It actually arranged, while it has numbers, it's actually arranged from the biggest surah, biggest chapter, to the smallest. So if the numbering is all over the place in terms of the numerical order, okay? Unless it's sometimes you, once in a while you see an Americanized version where they just arrange the number um, for you. But here in Surah 29, um, it teaches that Muslims are to believe in the Bible. I'm going to quote this real quick. And dispute ye not with the people of the book, except with means better than mere disputation unless, unless it be with those of whom who inflicted wrong and injury but say we believe in the revelation which has come down to us and in that which come down to you our Allah and your Allah is one and it is to him we bow in Islam okay so this verse is actually shown in the beginning um uh, is that it's saying that hey don't you know don't argue uh, and debate with with the uh, Muslim and the Christians but rather say to them like hey we actually hold the same thing what your scripture says is actually what we believe okay so in the context I think it's very clear that they're exhorting Muslim even then to say hey to them that this scripture is real and whatever is in there is actually what we believe also of course to do that actually presupposes ahead of time that the scripture is what reliably preserved okay um and again we even see in sur also sur 546 to 48 this is the bottom part that according to quran you must test um even new truths with previous revelation verses 46 to 48 this is i'll read this and in their footstep we sent jesus the son of mary confirming the law that has come before him we'll stop there real quick notice it says what there's confirming previous thing right and it says we send him the gospel um by the way the gospel in arabic is called injil injil sometimes means uh not ngl not like non-government is i-n-j-i-l that's the english way of spelling 
the Injil often also stands for the whole New Testament also as well. Okay, um, Therein was guidance and light and confirmation of the law that has come before him. A guidance and admission to those who fear Allah. Verse 47. Let the people of the gospel judge by what Allah has revealed therein. Let me stop there real quick. Notice the saying, hey, you should judge things by what is previously revealed. That is the Bible, okay? If any do not fail to judge by the light of what Allah hath revealed, they are no better than those who rebel. To thee we sent the scriptures in truth, confirming the truth that came before, uh, that came before in, and guarding it in, in safety. So judging between them by what Allah have revealed, and follow not their vain desire, diverging the truth that have come to thee. To each among you have prescribe a law in an open way. If Allah has willed, he would not have made a single people, but his plan is to test you what he has given you. So strife in the grace of all virtue. I'm going to stop there just for the sake of time. But you get the idea here, right? That is saying, hey, this thing, um, this scripture is what? Reliable. And also it's saying you got to test all doctrines from previous revelation, what has been written. Okay, let's go on to the next part. <coughs> By the way, just to put this in context, um, the Quran was written in 600-something. Or at least the, the Islamic account is the angel Gabriel gave a completed book already to Muhammad. Okay, But when Muhammad received it, it was in 600 AD, I think 632 onwards. Um, okay, So at that time, at least, the scripture, would, they would say it has been what? not corrupted okay so what we would do as christian uh, apologetics is textual criticism is everything before 600 what does it actually say okay um so i want to actually now look at also um i mean there's so many other verses i'm going to just quote one more that's not in your powerpoint uh, before we move on um surah uh, 2106 to uh, sir chapter 2 verse 106 actually says that the bible should not be abrogated or forgotten it says this none of our revelation do we abrogate or cause to be forgotten but we substitute something better or similar knowest thou not that allah have power over all things okay so that's sir 2 verses 106 okay which shows that you know it doesn't mean therefore a hey, it should be abrogated Okay, so now we're going to look at some surahs. The Muslims say, no, no, our teaching of our scripture is that the Bible has been corrupted. Okay, uh, again, I'm not focusing on verses in the Quran that, keep this in mind before we get to point number four, um, this point here, uh, point four, we're going to look at alleged verses from the Quran denying the authority and perseverance of the Bible. Okay, um, we want to be very clear. We're not looking at verses in the Quran that says Christian misinterpreted the Bible. The Quran does say this, but we're looking specifically at where it says, does it actually says the Bible itself has been corrupted in its writing and has actually been changed and we don't know what it says anymore. I would actually say there's none of those verses. Okay, um, let's go to the next slide. One that's often bring a lot, brought up a lot is from Surah 3 verse 78. Okay, there's among them a section who distort the book with their tongues. As they read, you would think it is a part of the book, but it is no part of the book. And they say, this is from Allah, but it's not from Allah. It is they who tell a lie against Allah. And well, they know it. Okay, so th this verse gets brought up. But here, notice what actually, how do um, the people of the book, Christians and Jews, how do they actually distort the word of God, the Bible? Is it by written? Is it by written ink? No, if you notice here, if you pay attention, is with their what? Tongues. Do you guys see that? 
It's not saying here. So my response to them is, this verse doesn't teach the Bible is corrupted. It's saying that the Christians reading it are misinterpreting this and speaking inaccurately what's in there. But the actual writing itself, it does not say God twisted up. So how do you settle the dispute between a Muslim that says we misinterpret the Bible and Christians that uh, say we interpret the Bible correctly? Then you do exegesis, right? Exegetical study of like context, grammatical observation, syntactical observations, and lexical studies of what does the word mean okay the typical thing you would do for a bible study or a preacher would do with teaching a bible study okay but nevertheless while there's a, mis a different interpretation and we christians do believe people can misinterpret the bible right even so-called christians and actual christians we would agree that too but the issue at hand is not about whether or not people can misinterpret after all muslims could also misinterpret the quran at times the issue is whether or not the text has been changed. And notice here, there's not a distortion with the text itself, but with their tongue as they read. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, and I think uh, read is often referencing interpretation. Let's go on next to Sir 259. Sir, uh, oh, actually, what is this? Uh, Sir, uh, oh, actually, huh. If you could go to the second, Sir. Um, I might have mislabeled this. Okay, let me see. Um, ooh, okay, I don't have... Uh, okay, I think this is where... Um, I don't see where... Okay, this is Sir... Uh, it says 378, but uh, it actually is Sir 259, okay? Sir chapter 2, verse 59. Okay, thank you, um, Chris, for that change. Um, here it says, but the transgressors change a word from that which have been given them. So we sent on the transgressors a plague from heaven, for they have been infringed our command repeatedly. I would say when you look at this, this text actually does not say that the writing itself of the Bible has been changed. It does mention, though, the transgressors change a word from that which has been given them. But I think in the context, in the next verse, in Surah 260, it actually quotes from Exodus 17.6. Where Moses, in the context, is struck a rock. Um, remember, he's trying to uh, provide water. And the Quran still appeals to the Bible. Okay, so the next verse um, actually still appeals to the Bible. So I think in light of the next verse, there is not actually saying the Bible has been corrupted, is changing. But what I think means changing the word is the, the interpretation. Moreover, even three verses later in Surah 262, let me read the next verse, uh, uh, Surah 262 three verses later says this i know it's not on your screen but i'll just read this those who believe in the quran and those who follow the jewish scriptures and the christians and the sabians by the way time out real quick sabians are actually people that deny the trinity that call themselves christians so they're the forerunners of the uh, modalists or like you know how today you have some that like td jakes deny the trinity they think their trinity is everything is just one so those are sabians okay he says this um the quran says um, let me read this again. Um, th those who follow the Jewish scriptures and the Christians and the Sabians, any who believe in Allah in the last day and works righteousness shall have the rewards with their heaven. On them shall be no fear, nor shall they grieve. What I'm trying to appeal to is he's saying, A, believe in the scriptures of what the scriptures of those who are Jewish, Christian, and Sabians. And you could actually go to heaven also. 
Okay, not just Muslim, you could also go into heaven. So in other words, in appealing to them to their scripture, this is not actually saying the scripture itself has been corrupted, but there might have been misinterpretation. They might have not mentioned things when they're preaching or saying things, but the text itself has not been um, actually established because the Quran, in the next verse, like I said earlier, it quotes in reference Exodus seventeen six as reliable, and also here in verses sixty two it says, "Hey, go to your scripture, and you can be saved by following your own scripture." So I think this shows that the scripture, the Bible, the, our Bible, the Christian Bible, the Old Testament and New Testament was not corrupted and has not been changed. Okay, let me stop at this point. Um, we can stop the PowerPoint presentation. Um, any questions and comments? There's a lot more verses, but I'm going to stop here. Um, if any questions or a comment. I just have a general comment on how confusing the text is. And just grammatically, it it's just like, it's like, it's not clear. It's not. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's not inspired. Um, but just even that, it just, it doesn't seem 